Thank you, ladies, for that ministry. Thank you, Ashley, for the hymns that the Lord laid on your heart for us to sing. My name is Justin Jones. I'm an elder from the Buckner Restoration Branch, and my brethren and I greet you in the name of the altogether lovely one, our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, whom we come here to worship, we draw apart from the world. And behind me, bringing ministry to you tonight, to my right, Brother Elder Wayne Godfrey from the North Platte branch in Nebraska. And to my left, Brother Reggie Bendorf from the Nobnoster branch. He is a priest there. And then directly behind me is uh, Elder Eric Baker, and he attends at the Buckner Restoration branch as well. And I want to thank the ladies for their ministry tonight, Gina on the piano and the ladies bringing the ministry. Tonight we will be observing the flag retreat once again. And so after the announcements that I will give, I have a few brief announcements. And after that, once again, we will ask you to move as close as possible to the wall as our flag is retreated for the night. We attempted to bring some more air movement into the sanctuary for you, but unfortunately it has posed a problem with the recording and with the noise. So for that I'm sorry, but we trust that the Lord will bless us. And it causes me to reflect as I, as I sit where you're at, or whether I sit up here, it causes me to reflect on the sacrifices and the lives that our forefathers and foresisters lived and the sacrifices they made when they came to worship and how it was hot and how they still came and here you are and so in the coming years our ancestors hopefully will talk about us and how we came and endured the elements to worship this scripture was read for you last night by our brother but I know it's always good to hear them again. And this uh, selection comes from the second epistle of Peter, chapter one. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust, and besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. And for if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, but he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. 
You see, brothers and sisters, if we have these things within us, if we have these virtues and these attributes within us, we will remember and retain our forgiveness that God has given us, and we will continue to repent and to ask for forgiveness. If we walk through this life and we somehow wonder if we're forgiven, then we need to return to these attributes and, and see them and understand them. If we have these, we will remember and we'll not forget that we are purged from our sins, from our old sins. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of this record. And now, brothers and sisters, I would ask you to please turn your hymnals to page number three, Precious Name. And after the singing of this hymn, Brother Wayne will bring our invocation. Our Father in heaven, praised be your holy name. We thank you for this time and this place that we can meet together in your name. We thank you, Father, for every person who is here tonight. We ask that your Holy Spirit will be present with us to bless this hour to the spiritual nourishment of each one who is here. Father, we would ask that you will bless our brother Eric, that his words will be directed by you, 
that our hearts can be changed. For as we have been reminded today, we are all aware that we need more patience and self-control. And so we would ask that his words would help us to begin to rejoice in those things that are needed and necessary for us to grow in patience and self-control. We know that we need your help to do this, but we know that our hearts have to be dedicated to it also. So please help us in, in growing to become a patient and a pure people. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon his holy name. Make known his deeds among the people. Sing unto him, sing psalms unto him. Talk ye of his wondrous works. Glory ye in his holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. Remember his marvelous works that he hath done his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. Hear, O ye heavens, and give ear, O earth, and rejoice ye inhabitants thereof, for the Lord is God, and beside him there is no Savior. Great is his wisdom, marvelous are his ways, and the extent of his doings none can find out. His purposes fail not, Neither are there any who can stay his hand from eternity to eternity. He is the same, and his years never fail.
Thank you, ladies. Our story tonight begins in Alaska. Thought I'd pick Alaska, where it's 70 degrees during the summer up there, for those of you who have been there. My grandmother was um, raised in Alaska, uh, Ruby, Alaska. There's no roads to Ruby. You either fly on a plane or you go by dog sled. And my um, grandfather, he was in the Army. He was stationed uh, there in, uh, I guess, at Fairbanks. And they met. And um, my dad was born, and about a year later, they moved to, I believe, Ohio. And um, then after that, I think they were in Texas. And my grandfather got a phone call from his sister uh, named Dorothy Parker. Dorothy Parker and Jim Parker, they attended uh, the Buckner branch. Or some of you may remember that or know that. And um, Dorothy called him and said, um, you, uh, you've got to come here. They lived in, uh, in, here in the Independence area. You've got to come here and hear, and hear the gospel. That's why they came here. His, uh, his twin brother came, my grandfather's twin brother as well. And, and I'm not sure exactly why I'm telling you that, otherwise, other than I was thinking Alaska is pretty cool right now. But, but you know, um, I was talking with a sister this afternoon about um, some different things, but... Our, uh, our lives are, um, there are so many factors, aren't there, that, that come together to make us who we are. Uh, the, the, um, maybe the genetics of who we are, our parents, um, how they met, how they came together, the gospel, the church, and uh, where that was exposed, and the experiences in our lives, and all of these things, um, they're, they're moving parts in um, who we are and who we, who we become. And you know, um, the God of this universe is so much more involved in our lives than we... Um, give him credit. So much, so much more involved than we uh, perhaps even like to think. Even down to the most minute of, of um, instances and events in our lives that he places there that we might be able to become the person, the man, the woman, that we need to become. 
And we have our purpose in him, brothers and sisters. Our purpose, it's not our purpose. It's not what we want to do or our dream or what we envision ourselves. But it's really about the Lord's purpose. His purpose for us. And we'll talk about that a little bit. I, uh, I read some scriptures for you here uh, earlier. The only things that could come to my mind, I was thinking about these things, about how great and marvelous, how great and marvelous are the works of the Lord. And uh, of course, we talk about the gospel being great and marvelous, but there's, there's just marvelous things that pertain to our God the God of heaven. And I was uh, thinking about some of these things uh, that uh, we see in nature that, uh, that, that to me just amaze me. Maybe they don't amaze you. But a spider's web. And I know not everybody here probably likes spiders. But a spider's web, how... Um, if you've ever looked at it, there, uh, particularly in the morning when the dew's on it, those drops are hanging from it, and just the beauty, the beauty of it. Those, you know, the, the sticky strands are the ones that are circular. They start in the middle and they move outward, and, and the strands that move to the, the center from the outside, those aren't, those aren't sticky. That's the ones the spiders walk on. How do they know how to do that? Just marvel at that. I think about the cycle of water, which we're feeling part of that cycle right now, aren't we? Humidity. Humidity and water vapor rises and it, and it goes into the, the clouds and then the clouds rain. And then that water runs off uh, into rivers and streams and then back out to the ocean. And then there it evaporates again to bring life to this world. The life-giving water. And all, all of these different things, just this, these marvelous things, I, of course, in my profession, the things with the human body and the earth is a certain distance from the sun. And you think to yourself, how is it that a God that has created these things in such a exact way You know, it has to be this way. The earth has to be so many million miles from the sun because if it was any further, the water would evaporate and leave. If it was any closer, the water would freeze. We'd just be winter all the time. And yet it doesn't. It's in that perfect distance from the sun. And it does just that little tilt as it goes around the sun, and we have the seasons. Our God, being 
such a perfectionist. And he has to be for these things. He's a perfectionist in our lives, isn't he? And this is one of the things that I marvel at as I read uh, different testimonies in the church and of how so-and-so heard about the gospel and, and other things like this, is that I marvel in how he works in our lives and he works in your life individually, creating this story, bringing in the characters and the themes and uh, your experiences and your disappointments and your joys. To make you who you are. He molds us. He perfects us. And why is that? Well, we, we know, don't we? We've already heard this scripture from Doctrine and Covenants that this is my work and my glory to bring to pass the immortality and the eternal life of man. That is his work, saints. Not only just in the world and, and in the, the population, but in your life, that is his work. To bring you into his kingdom. And we need to listen. We need to listen to that voice. The voice of our Heavenly Father as it speaks to us, as he calls, and as he's ever reaching, ever reaching into our lives and into the lives of men. An untiring, untiring intervention. You know, when I was, when I was younger, in high school, I had a 1976 Mercury Monarch. Anybody know what that is? Few people. And what I told all my friends was that it had a V8 engine. I was trying to look up the horsepower today, and, but I knew that it was the same engine that they put in Ford Mustangs. And so I thought I could drive it like a Ford Mustang, right? And this just came to my mind today. Is I is out driving, going too fast, as I'm sure my son does now in his Ford, They're going too fast and, and going around a corner. And, and, and you ever see those movies where the car goes around the corner and it slides sideways and then it straightens out? That's, that's what my car did. And I had some passengers and one of them said, what just happened? And I tried to play it cool like I had planned that, you know. And you know, you do these things, and you look back on them, and you realize um, it wasn't very smart. But I went around that corner, and we straightened out, and we were driving on, and, and I realized that the Lord had protected me. You know, if we had been going a little faster, had been off the road this way, And he 
he spoke to me and he said that I was protected because of the prayers of my mother. You hear that, mothers? The Lord hears your prayers over your children. And so he's ever, he's ever intervening in our lives because we don't do smart things. And we make wrong decisions. And we don't think about what it is that we're supposed to do. And then, of course, there's things that we have no control over. And as I said, all of these moving parts that he might have a finished product that is worthy of his kingdom. And so our God, he is about this great work, his work of the salvation of men. And brothers and sisters, by... Um, well, this invitation really is for anyone, but in particular for you, because you have heard the truth. You have heard his invite in the scripture. You have responded to that, and many of you are baptized. And he invites you to be part of this work, to participate. And not just, not just for your own sake, but for the sake of others. You're part of this, this work that he has in the perfection of men and the salvation of men. What is it that you can do for the kingdom? You know, I think sometimes we, um, we have our classes, uh, the children have their, their, their classes and they hear about Elijah, who, um, you know the story, he, he, he built this altar and he called down fire from heaven. We read about these, these miracles and uh, things that have happened. The, the day of Pentecost when there were thousands who heard the gospel in their own tongue. And we think about these things, about uh, these, these mighty works. But you know, the Lord is, um, is just as concerned about the small things. He says that by small things, a great work can come to pass. And, and in particular, I was thinking of uh, uh, that instance where he and his disciples are at the temple and he sees an older lady put in a penny, a mite. That's what it was called, a mite. It's less than a penny. It's one-eighth of a cent. The widow's mite. And yet he pointed it out to his disciples, the small things. Our Lord is concerned about not only the big things, but these small things. What is it that you can do for the kingdom? Well, you can raise your children in righteousness. You can teach them the truth. You can show them by example. You can live that example in your lives, in um, not only your lives in front of your family, but at work and to your neighbors. We're given stewardship over things that, that um, the Lord places in our lives that he desires us to develop. 
And, you know, and sometimes these are things that we can see very obviously, like our sister Haley, she can play the piano and compose music. But there are things in your life that you haven't developed yet. And, you know, there's that parable of the, um, of the three, um, there's three servants, and their Lord who is uh, leaving, he gives to them uh, a stewardship in the form of a talent. And a talent was a gold coin, is worth a lot. I think I've read something like 500 or $1,000 now, but needless to say, he gave them something very important, very, something that was worth a lot. And one person, uh, one, one uh, servant, he gave five, and another he gave two, and another he gave one, and you know the story that the first two, they, they took their stewardship that they were given and they, they worked it. They, they did things with it. They, uh, they made use of it and it grew. It grew, it expanded. And yet the third servant, he gave up even before he even tried. He didn't even try. He went and buried his talent. He buried it because he was, he was afraid. And so the Lord, I think, gives us these stewardship in our lives, stewardships. I think for many of us, most of us, it's plural. How will you use your stewardship? Your stewardship, that's right. You have been given stewardship by our God. How will you use that stewardship? in the benefit of his kingdom, and in the benefit of other, other people. And as I said, um, we, um, we have our purpose in him, or we have purpose in him. In the book of John, he says that I am the vine, and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. And this applies to our lives because in the Lord, when we are talking about spiritual things, this stewardship is one of them, that with the Lord, we can, that becomes something of worth, something of value. And, um, and if, uh, if, uh, if it's something that we're going to do, on our own, it's our will, it's our, um, um, we're going to take the glory to ourselves. Then it says that um, we are uh, withered as uh, a branch that is cut off and is good for nothing but to be cast off. You know, when I, uh, when I was a kid, we had to go, we had a big garden in our backyard and we had to weed it. Any, any kids have to weed the garden? here it's 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 slave labor isn't it it's just not right and i and this was of course this is the kind of weather that you had to weed it in right out in the sun you're out there for hours maybe seem like hours and i remember when i was weeding it out there you know you'd have these plants and um, and sometimes it's hard to tell what is an ear of corn, or not an ear of corn, a corn uh, stalk coming up, 
or a piece of grass. Or you have some beans, you know, and there's some other green thing over here. And so, um, in our lives, we have to distinguish between those two, don't we? But you know, um, in Christ, well, when we're looking at those things, they, um, only one of those things bears fruit. Only one of those things is going to be an ear of, produce an ear of corn. Only one of those things is going to produce green beans. And the same it is true as with Jesus Christ. He must be in our lives for us to be able to bear fruit, to have something of worth. Otherwise, we wither and we're cast away. And that's spiritually speaking. You know, when you cut those weeds and you throw them out in the grass and you come around later, they're withered up, aren't they? That is how our lives are without the Savior as part of our lives. And so he's given us these stewardship, these things that, that he wants us to work with, to use in our lives, to use in such a way for the benefit of his kingdom. And sometimes that benefit, as I said, is in our lives, but many times it is in the lives of others, those people around us, our family, our friends, our co-workers. And we have to listen to his voice, don't we? Because we have those opportunities. I think we have those every day that we go out. We have an opportunity that we can make a difference in someone's life. And uh, sometimes it's obvious and sometimes it's not. Sometimes we need to pray about it. You know, one time I was working. Um, I was uh, in college at the time, but I was, I was at my job and I was at a, a pharmacy. And, um, and the, the, the strangest thing, I heard this voice speak to me and it said, would you go on a priesthood visit tonight? And I said, and I thought, well, yes. Sure. I thought that was a strange question because, you know, I, no one had asked me or talked to me. And I got done with work, and I went home, and no sooner had I gotten home than I got a phone call. And it was Kent Pedersen, for those of you who know Kent, used to go to our branch a while back, and, and he wanted to know if I could go with him to uh, meet with a, a family of uh, one of his students. He's a, he's a teacher. And um, this little girl in his class had uh, cancer. And I guess in, uh, in, his, in him uh, talking with her and talking with her family, they, um, they had not heard, had ever heard anything about life after death. And so uh, this opportunity came up. Would you like to hear about it? And so he called me and we went to his house. And so that voice, that voice of spirit, maybe not as clear as it was to me that day, but that voice speaking to you um, uh, in your thoughts, giving you those promptings, maybe not telling you where that is going. But again, these, these, years 
these things in people's lives. And you're that opportunity that you have to be an influence in someone's life, that they might know the gospel, or perhaps that they'd be comforted, or perhaps to give them an answer. We need to listen for that voice. I was reading a book recently by, by a lady named May Elliott. It was um, uh, Miraculous Blessings of a, no, no, Miraculous Blessings of an Ordinary Christian. That's not right, but she wrote several things for the church. Some of you may have heard her name, and, but um, in this book, she was talking about this, uh, her, her husband and she had been missionaries, and then they were working at different uh, branches. They were under appointment. And, um, but there was this one lady who uh, was... Um, had, uh, had had a loss. Her child had died when it was uh, six months old. And, and she could see that this lady was, uh, was sad. She was, she was troubled by this. She was down. And she wanted to try and do something to help her. And, and so when she had opportunity, she'd, she'd talk to her and, and she she eventually would try to, to interject something in there and, and start talking about the gospel or, or about life after death. And, but every time she did, uh, the, the lady, uh, well, I've got to go, or uh, I'm sorry, I've, I've got this thing to attend to. And, and she didn't want, didn't want to hear about it. And so um, May th thought, well, you know, I... I I'm, I've tried. That was her motto. We, we tried the best that we can. And um, later on, she, um, she had been asked to uh, give this presentation uh, about the church, about the restoration. And uh, the day came, and she had been busy. She hadn't had time to, uh, to get the, uh, the story together, what she was going to present. It was just a short talk. But she hadn't had time to do it, and uh, she, she just didn't feel well that day. She, she was just tired. She, she wanted to lay down. Anybody ever feel like that? But she, didn't, she couldn't lay down. She, uh, something was on her mind, and, and she went out, and they actually had a cornfield, and the corn was ripe, so she went out, and she was, she was picking corn. And this hymn kept going through her head. And then she recognized that that was the Holy Spirit. Not that she didn't recognize it before. And so she immediately ran in and she began to write out some notes about what it is she was going to talk about and, and uh, because the, the time was coming and and she came, went to this, um, this meeting and began to present this thing about the restoration, about Joseph, his, his vision that he had, and uh, the question that he had, and then the coming forth of the Book of Mormon and the, the priesthood. And, but then her thoughts then were drawn 
to some different scriptures in the Book of Mormon. She began to read them, and in particular, and some of you know where this is, this is at, she began to talk about how little children do not need baptism. They're innocent before God. The blood of the Savior saves them. And she just, she just had this liberty to expound on that and talk about that. And immediately after that talk, this lady came up, the one who that she had, I was talking about, and she said, can I get a copy of that book? And she said, you mean the Book of Mormon? Yes, can I get a copy of that? And she confided in her that this was a thing that had been on her mind, that her, her young child that was only six months old, she didn't know, she hadn't been baptized, didn't know Christ, and what was going to happen to that child? And so here um, in May, listening to that voice of the Spirit, not knowing where it was really leading her, but yet listening and obeying. And this lady joined the church and her whole family. Join the church. If ye have desires to serve God, ye are called to the work. The field is wide already to harvest. And you know, this uh, scripture we, we read, um, I think this was read the very first day by our brother Sean, section four. It was to Joseph Smith Sr., I stood and shared how it had meaning to me because it was a scripture that was read when on the very day that I was called to the priesthood. And I think a lot of times we think of it as that way, that it's a scripture pertaining to priesthood. But it doesn't really say that. It says that you're, you have desires to serve God. You're called to the work. And then, it gives some requisites for that. It says, in faith, hope, charity, and love with an eye single to the glory of God qualifies him for the work. Remember, faith, virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience are themes today. Brotherly kindness, godliness, charity, humility, and diligence. And you know, the Lord, uh, the Lord is still calling people. He is, and I am speaking specifically to the youth here because the, um, the one thing that, um, well, not, just not the only thing, but I know on many... Um, on my mind and many other people in the church is where is the church going? And you know the um, Lord is calling to the youth, calling to all of us, but he is offering this invitation to you, boys and girls to seek him out, 
to listen for his voice. He's standing at your door, he's knocking, and he's asking that he might enter, have entrance in. And not only men, young men who perhaps want to be one day in the priesthood, or perhaps you've never even given that a consideration, or it scares you like it did me when I was young but young ladies as well. He is calling to all of us, but in particular the youth. And you know, our, um, our brother Joe, he, uh, well, I should step back a little bit, 2011, we were uh, here for reunion, and some of you were. Some of you may remember that being here. And uh, our brother Joe, uh, not to put him on the spot, but he um, was prompted, and he stood, and he shared a parable. And the parable was about the last days, about the Lord's vineyard. And you know, saints, we are, uh, we are living in prophecy, the fulfillment of prophecy. And we think that, uh, as in this parable, that the, the coals, uh, the light has gone out, and the coals, uh, you can hardly they're hardly hot at all, and yet the wind came and it, uh, and it lit that up and it became a raging fire. And our God is able to do his work. Whether or not we will be participants in that, whether or not we will hearken to the voice of his spirit that calls us, he will do his work. Because we live in the last days. You know, in section 85, it says that um, Joseph, Jr., he writes that ye who are the first laborers in this, the last kingdom. Well, that was 1832. And so if they were the first laborers in the last kingdom, what are we? It's drawing very near. And so um, these, um, these things work in our lives, these incidents, saints, where, um, where the Lord, um, he intervenes and he allows things to happen and, and so that we might, um, that we might learn and grow and draw nearer to him, that we might be more like him. The, um, his work and his glory. You know, um, I'll share with you here just a little bit about me. Um, uh, try not to keep you too much longer. But I... Um, when I was in high school, I, uh, I thought I, I loved genetics. I loved, uh, uh, you know, 
knowing that if your one parent's eyes were blue and the others were brown, your chances of having blue eyes was 25%, things like that. And, and, and it intrigued me. And it was, um, it was a field at the time that had a lot of prospect of opening up. And of course, now we know today um, they're, they're talking about ways to modify genes to cure disease. It's some, some amazing things. But so I, 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 had, uh, I was interested in this, and I had done some study, and, and uh, my, um, my mother said, well, you should go and talk to a guy named Don Savage, Donald Savage, and you should, you should talk to him and see what, what he thinks. And some of you may have known Don, Brother Don. Uh, he, um, he was a very good man, and he, he wrote some different books. And Brother Don, um, I think through the impress of the Spirit, said, well, you know, you, uh, you should get your MD. You should go to medical school because that will have a lot more weight if you want to do research in uh, genetics. And so I decided that's what I would do. And um, UMKC, of uh, course, was here. Uh, I looked at other colleges, but I really wanted to go to UMKC. And uh, I applied, and you do an interview, and, and uh, among other things. And I got on the standby list. They, they took 100 people or something like that, and, but then they had, they had people who, well, they wanted to take them, but they didn't have enough room, and so they put them on this, this list. And I was a little disheartened at that. And uh, summer came, and school was going to start, and the day before college uh, started, now I would have taken the same classes, but the day before college started, they, I got a phone call, and they said, well, uh, you're not on the standby list anymore. Now you're, you got in. They, they had people who withdrew, you know, their application. And so I, so I got in, and um, as uh, many of you know, there's, there's lots of different fields in medicine uh, that you can go into. And you, you rotate through some of these, some you don't. Radiology and surgery and OBGYN and, and then primary care and and you do these different things, and you, you kind of like this, and then the next thing you do, oh, I want to be, I want to do this. And then the next thing you do, you change your mind again. But eventually, I, um, I, had, I did a rotation in surgery, and I really liked surgery. And I thought, well, I'm, I'm, I want to be a surgeon. And so I did some more rotations, and I tried to make some connections, and, and you, you interview, as you're completing your school, you interview at these different residencies, and they, um, they, uh, and then you rank them of, of the order that you want to go. Uh, you know, I wanted to go to UMKC, and then after that, there was another one, and I think I had six of them. And then the residencies, they rank you. 
and then they all put it into a big computer and and it's called match day because they want you and you want them and 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 then they announce it on that day and uh, match day came and you sit in a big auditorium and they read your name and then they say uh, radiology at Duke University and they didn't read my name now they come to you afterwards and they say well you you've got a scramble because you you didn't match anywhere and um, we have to have your decision tomorrow. And they said, um, you know, we, um, we had 12 positions at, here at UMKC in internal medicine. But this year, we added on one extra one. And, and it's not filled if you'd like to take it. And of course, that's not what I was going for. Anybody ever had to make a decision that would affect the rest of their life in one night? Maybe some of you have. I'm used to taking a little more time, but that was a sleepless night, thinking about that. And I decided, of course, to do internal medicine, for those of you who know me and what I do. And, and I got into that residency, and, um, and it, was, uh, it was in my third year of that residency that I had a rotation with uh, a young lady uh, named Christy Rutledge, and she was another uh, resident. And, um, of course, Christy became my wife, and that's another story. And, but I look back and I realize that, um, that those incidents in my life, the being on standby, not, not getting in immediately, not, not getting my, my first choice, be a surgeon, you know, the Lord, he allows these things in your life. Not because he doesn't love you, but because he loves you, doesn't he? And he allows these things to take place that, that you might be the person that you need to be. one of his disciples and how he molds and he shapes us and this is what I find marvelous brothers and sisters marvelous in my eye that the Lord cares so much about each of you that he is willing to walk side by side with you for you through your life and to provide these, this direction and this guidance.
that you can uh, have place with him and his kingdom. I'll close here by reading from section 50, which says, Behold, ye are little children, and ye cannot bear all things now. Ye must grow in grace and in the knowledge of the truth. Fear not, little children, for you are mine, and I have overcome the world. And you are of them that my Father hath given me, and none of them that my Father hath given me shall be lost. And the Father and I are one, and I am in the Father, and the Father in me. And inasmuch as ye have received me, ye are in me, and I in you. Wherefore, I am in your midst. And I am the good shepherd and the stone of Israel. He that buildeth upon this rock shall never fall. And the day cometh that ye shall hear my voice and see me. And know that I am. Watch therefore that ye may be ready. Even so. Brothers and sisters, I thank you for your attention, and I hope and pray that the words which our brother has shared has stirred something within you. There's somebody out here in this congregation, perhaps more, that needed to hear that. And so I would commend to you tonight the message which you have heard. And brothers and sisters, God is calling us, as Eric has said. He's calling us to come away from the world and to walk away. Because we know soon that world will crumble. And the structure, which is Babylon, cannot withstand the cleansing that is coming. And so, brothers and sisters, let us heed the call of our Lord and let us respond. Let us respond in our daily walk with those around us, to those we see. Let us share this message. Let us share the light which we have within us. I would ask now, if you would, turn to hymn number 82, Israel, Israel, God is Calling. And after the singing of this hymn, our brother Reggie will bring our benediction, and then after which, if you would be seated for a few announcements before our flag retreat.
most kind and gracious Heavenly Father, as we have come this evening to worship, Father, we have done so in and through thy Son, Jesus Christ. And Father, as our brother has, uh, has brought the spoken word this evening, Father, I would pray that our hearts would be pricked with a need within our lives to be more responsive to your spirit, Father, that we would truly recognize the, the responsibility that is before us. And as we look unto your son for guidance and direction, Father, that we would turn our hearts towards home, towards you, Father. That in the days to come, not only in the days to come for the rest of this reunion, but in the days to come as we go to our separate homes and to our congregations, Father, that we carry the urgency of the hour with us. And that, Father, we do respond to your spirit with gladness within our hearts. Father, I would pray that your angels would watch over these grounds this night. Those things that we do, even within our sleep, Father, that we would think of things upon high. This I would pray in your son's most holy name, even Jesus the Christ. Amen. 